Why are you chomping on this popsicle? Should I stop chomping? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe, but your popsicle melts if you don't eat it, so... I'll try to be, um, I'll try to be, uh, subtle about it. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Creativity Speaks podcast where we talk with creatives about creating. I'm your host, Vive, and today we will be talking with Jasmine Crosby. Jasmine is an interdisciplinary artist based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Her scope of work ranges from painting and drawing to photography and performance. She is a founding member and curator of Graft Gallery, a recent recipient of the Fulcrum Fund through 516 Arts and the Andy Warhol Foundation. You can view Jasmine's work on her website, jasminecrosby.com. You can check out the gallery at graphgallery.com, and we'll put a link in our show notes on creativity-speaks.com. Graft is situated on the historic El Camino Real, which is now the southeast portion of 4th Street in the Borellis neighborhood of Albuquerque. Borellis was founded in 1662 as a small agricultural community and its establishment predates the city's old town. Borellis continued to become the backbone of the railway-driven boom that fueled the development of Albuquerque as we know it today. The space itself has been in use as an art space for nearly 30 years now, ranging in use from a professional art studio to performance space to gallery, and has moved through multiple hands and names. In the last eight years, it has been the Donkey Gallery, the Normal, the tan, and now graft. What made you and your partners decide to found graft? Well, I know it was something that I really wanted to do for a long time to uh, hold space for artwork and experimental artwork and um, do it in a way that is not so much profit driven, but more about the work and the content of the work. Um, So there's five of us in Graft and we all come from really different creative backgrounds. The name Graft is about, it's like a tree graft or a skin graft and it kind of comes from the scientific approach to art making of like, what happens if you combine this? Like what, what happens if you put this with this? And so we really aim to get artists who are doing experimental wacky things where they don't really know where it's going, but they feel like they're really pushing themselves and pushing their boundaries. And so in addition to running the gallery space, uh, we also operate as a collective. And so we do group work outside of the gallery as well. That's awesome. And do you show your group work just within Graft or do you show it other places as well? Um, we show it other places. Um, so we've had, we've shown uh, at the Albuquerque Balloon Museum and uh, Sister Bar and uh, All Kinds Festival as well as Somos Festival. Awesome. That's really cool. And I know that you guys do a lot of different stuff, including like different events. Um, you guys have had this long going series called Bed Talks. Can you oh, kind of explain yeah. what that is? Yeah, so Bed Talks is really fun. It's basically short about 10 minute lectures on any subject that you want with 20 slides to give the lecture. Um, And every lecture is given from the comfort of a bed. So um, we just had one like two weeks ago and me and Beth were laughing about how someday we're gonna miss 
lugging this bed all over town. We've moved it from her house. Like, um, I think we counted 13 times at this point. So, um, getting familiar with moving this bed all over town, but so in addition to being a, a gallery and a collective, we also do a lot of events like that. And Bed Talks is really fun. It's a really fun example of that type of work. But we also do drawing jams. We've been teaming up with the Natural, Natural History Museum, and they've been allowing us to go into their specimen collection and just draw a different specimen. Um, so that's a really exciting thing. We have one, one of those coming up in February. I think it's the 13th, but I might be wrong about that. And then tonight, we're going to have a film screening in the gallery. Um, Chicagoland Shorts in conjunction with Basement Films, and so that's going to be a really cool, exciting night. Uh, we do critiques, so we have people bring in in-progress work, and we'll discuss it and talk about it, and that that's pretty important to our mission of having uh, experimental artworks where people can really push themselves and almost think about creating art as the living thing, like less about the product and more about the act of, of making. And same with the drawing jams, you know, a lot of it's about like skill sharing. We do workshops. We, we are encouraging artists right now to give workshops if they show in our space to do some more community building and, and uh, skill share. Albuquerque has such a great tight-knit community of artists. It's, it's really great. And I think Graft is really becoming a, a cornerstone of that community, it seems like. Mm, thank you so much. That's really sweet to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have just a cool community of people who are just really in it because they love it. It's a very genuine group of people. Um, yeah. And then you guys also had the memory hotline. Is that something you're still doing? <clears throat> yeah. And we're still accepting memories. I don't have the phone number. Oh, I do actually I have it memorized. Duh. Um, so the phone number is 505-585-1415. And um, again, that's 505-585-1415. And we're collecting memories on the edge of disappearance. Uh, something you can't verify, something that you don't know if it really happened. Um, so, for instance, the memory I donated was about this um, game of hide-and-go-seek that I played at a friend's house, and I found this huge underground space inside of a manhole at his house, and I went into the space, and no one could find me, and I stayed there for, like, two hours and then came out. But I don't know if that space is real. I don't know if that memory is real. So things, and I never really showed it to my friend. So st stuff like that, that you just don't know if it's, you don't know if it really happened. Does your, does your work deal in memory often? Yeah, I think the collective, certainly we do. And then personally as well, I do. And I'm also a musician as well. And a lot of my music is about that. And it's not always, it's, it's more that kind of corrupted, <laughs> type of memory or the creative attributes of memory that I'm, I'm looking at in my work. did a collaboration with a computer scientist a couple years ago where um, in the gallery next, to, next door to us, the small engine gallery, we installed magnetic tape and we filled all of the rooms with magnetic tape and he had been given this tape to destroy it and I invited him in to destroy it um, in a communal, uh, communal setting. Brian Johnson is the computer scientist's name, and um, he gave a talk on the importance of forgetting in an age where everything we do is tracked meticulously. iPhones automatically create a map of where you are, automatically track every single step, and having this meticulous tracking of all of your information, how there's a freedom in being able to destroy that information, and... Um, how the creativity and memory is actually really important 
thing because it hasn't been digitalized and it's your personal thing that you possess. And so this experience, I don't remember the exact numbers, I need to look them, look them up, but it was a lot of information. I think he said it was about 20% of the information that can be stored in a human brain um, and enough magnetic tape to fill two large rooms of space. And it's really beautiful material, but it's really interesting to think about our digital footprint as not living on an abstract cloud, but rather being a real tangible thing that you can touch that um, goes into storage warehouses that does take up space that is does have a like trash component to it you know it's can fill up landfills it's um does take up a lot of space as well mm -hmm. and i was i was actually there for that talk um ryan johnson is a, a friend of mine and uh i thought that the tape itself was a really interesting material to interact with to like be part of the group who was destroying it um well, that's so because... cool that you were there <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I I was really happy to like be able to be a part of that because it just seemed so epic to see that room full of tape and then everyone brought their their own like implements of destruction to try and destroy all of this tape and and I remember just like being in the middle of it and like wrapped up in it and like feeling like I was suffocating <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. Because it was like so overwhelming, you know, and I guess that's like a very physical description of how memory can feel sometimes as well. Yeah, it's interesting too how lightweight it is too, like for it being um, kind of consumptive and also feeling really large. I was amazed that once we tore everything down, we were able to compact it into a pretty small um, bundle. It fits like really easily into one of the rooms. Um, you can pretty much carry most of it yourself and yeah i don't know it's really interesting material hmm yeah um yeah that is interesting and you know also talking about memory and and maybe this kind of feeds into it is your uh, like pavement studies can you talk a little bit about like that process yeah so the pavement studies are really fun i really love doing them they're pieces of paper that are taped to the road and um, they feel very photographic for me and my background is partially in photography so they feel like darkroom prints or analog prints um, in that I leave them out and there's a particular exposure time so normally it's about 12 to 6 hours and um, you just leave them for traffic to imprint on them <clears throat> they end up looking a little bit like aerial desert photographs they, they keep the tar from the tires which is pretty I don't know it's interesting but they end up looking very clean even though they they are this residue that we carry around and a lot of my work deals with um, the interactions we don't always know that we're having so uh, interactions in shared space I think a lot about trash I think a lot about like traces that we leave and might not know we're leaving um, ways that we affect each other but might not know we're affecting each other and so uh, this series definitely touches on that and uh, they're they're pretty large they're like uh, four by five or I did one that was really large it was more like eight by four so yeah and they're really interesting because they, they feel a little bit like street art or something you go out and put these up but you don't know if you're going to get them back you don't know if people are going to take them like you do have this element of interacting with the public where you don't know what's going to happen also interacting with nature where um, if it rains they're going to be damaged or they won't come out or yeah I mean a, a bird could a pigeon could get hit or <laughs> you just never know the roads are really wild so and I've definitely like come back and they've been gone or come back and they've been torn or yeah 
Hmm. And so do you keep the ones that are torn? Um, I have, but usually I don't. And it's not that, because I, I like the, another thing I really aim for in my work is trying to create things that can surprise me, things that I'm not really sure what they're going to be like going into it. Um, and these are certainly that. And so I, I do embrace the mistakes and I do embrace it when they don't work, but I don't always save them. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing these, are you like literally just putting a piece of paper like where cars drive? Yeah. Okay. So what you're seeing is the upside of the paper um, where the tire is actually rubbing against it. They also look like graphite rubbings, but they're not. It's just the tar from the tires. And the backside, I've always kind of wanted to show them, ends up looking a little bit like lace. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like white. It's very, yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Yeah, and I guess um, looking at them online, I didn't realize the scale of them, but I they they definitely invoke like the aerial photography feel, like this like very like land art feel to me. And I feel like seeing them like large on like a gallery wall would have even invoke even more of that like aerial photography feel because I feel like aerial, aerial photographs for some reason are always shown so large. Yeah. Well, when I was working on this series, I was spending a lot of time at the MAPS library at UNM, which for those of you in New Mexico is such a cool resource. It's in the basement of the engineering department library. You just have free access to all of the maps in there and um, they have like a huge collection of aerial photographs of New Mexico. They're really special. And they're done at a time where um, they're all original darkroom prints, so they're really beautiful objects. And at the maps library, they will print you off any map that you like there for free. They will make you copies of it. It's such a cool resource, not just for students. It's totally available to the public as well. That's awesome. And also, speaking of large-scale works, you've been doing murals recently, correct? <clears throat> yeah, I just did my first mural over the summer, and I really love it. In my home, in my studio practice, I often have the urge of going bigger and bigger and bigger, but then not wanting to store the work. I've recently started using house paint as my main paint paint type. So I got this really wonderful opportunity to do a mural in Old Town, kind of, it's like mountain and sawmill at an apartment complex. I just loved it so much. I, I think there's something really exciting about being able to produce an artwork that is outside of a gallery space and everyone can interact with and see and then it also becomes part of a community and um, becomes part of the landscape and there's a lot of connections in that that I, I just love and I, I hope I get to do more murals because it was a really special experience. That's really cool and so what is like the like sort of conceptual basis or even just like kind of what the mural itself looks like? Yeah, so um, for a lot of my source material uh, for my drawing and painting, I'm looking at diagrams of plants and animals and also kind of small mechanics in um, urban environments. So <laughs> I think a child described it the best. and It's sort of the way I would like to describe it too. It's like you have two floating fish and they're connected. And then there's an egg mountain and a tube with a bunch of mouths and some bananas. <laughs> it's like, I love it. It's like, um, so it's a pretty kind of abstract, uh, almost like surreal piece when you come up to it. It's, a, it's sort of an unusual mural in that way because it's not really... Um, talking about anything uh, very obvious or very uh, it's not referencing images that are very obvious but um, 
Yeah. Uh, I spent the course of a summer working on this mural. Um, I had, in addition to doing the gallery, we have a lot over the summer usually. I was also working two other jobs. So um, it did take me three months to complete this mural, and I was really lucky to have the time to do that. The mural ends up talking a lot about communication and um, uh, dynamics in romantic relationships and loss. I went through like a pretty pretty intense breakup over the summer and I feel like that's really <laughs> apparent in that piece of artwork. It's really present in it but it was a really great way to deal with some of those feelings as well as to paint them out and make them kind of comic book-ish and um, bright colors with bold outlines and Awesome. Yeah. Is is uh, art something that you turn to often to like, you know, kind of flesh out your emotions? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I kind of turn towards art for everything. Like I, I use it to work out ideas and for research um, as well as for emotional stuff. I mean, I, I make music as well and I think a lot of um, emotion comes out in that. But I mean, art's a really great support system and a really interesting way to kind of reflect but I wouldn't say that's the only function mm -hmm. something else that I was looking at on your website that I thought was really interesting was um your series of books which you covered in can canvas can you talk a little bit about that project yeah absolutely so um this was actually a fun -a day project so I can talk about graft again which is neat to link back to that so our first show ever was Fun-A-Day 2015, and we're approaching Fun-A-Day 2018. Fun-A-Day, the basic principle of it is that you do the same repeated action every day for the days in January. So you do 31 uh, pieces. You can go on a walk every day, you can draw a picture every day, you can take a photograph every day, you can do a self-portrait every day. Um, the range of work is really amazing, and it's uh, an unjured show for us. So we re we um, take in everything that we receive, which is crazy. <laughs> like last year, we had um, close to fifty artworks in our small gallery that we hung. We had to get really creative with hanging walls and swinging window doors, but it's a really fun show, and it's really great to have a show that's very accessible to anyone that wants to show and we can really reach outside of our community as well and it's a great way to start the year so even if you're not planning on participating in this show i totally encourage you to start the year in that way because i feel like even last year we didn't do fun a day but i still did a fun a day project and there's something really interesting about doing the same action every day to start off the year and I like it more than a New Year's resolution because you're not trying to give something up, but rather you're practicing and building something. So yeah, anyway, so we're doing our third year anniversary Fun Day show. And the only stipulation this year is that we do ask that uh, participants write a um, process statement so people can know what the process behind the daily art making was. But so How to Read 31 Books in 31 Days was a <clears throat> Fun Day project for me. And I got 31 books from a thrift store, and um, they were all hardback books that were, I think, I, I think they were actually going to be thrown away, and I uh, salvaged them from being thrown away. I then created poems by randomly underlining words in the book and um, putting them together to create, a, to create different poems and to create kind of like a really weird reader's digest 
And then after I got that information from the book along with the ISBN number, the author, and the year it was made, I then uh, wrapped the book in canvas and did a transfer onto it. So there's now an image of a window and a sun uh, for the book and you can't really see the contents but you can read the poems and kind of guess what the contents would be. So what I really wanted to play with there was the tension of um, the book being sealed shut and being like censored in a way and then also maybe creating a dynamic where you might want to take the image off or you might want to keep the image. Um, so a dialogue around what constitutes a good surface for painting or for an image and the importance of the image versus the importance of the contents inside. Yeah, and then I made a book from all of the writing that I took, a little zine. That's really interesting. Yeah, the, I love uh, the play of the tension of like wanting to know what's inside, but like having part of what's inside. I was reading through some of the poems and, you know, like you kind of get like a sense of what the book is, but at the same time, you're like left with so many questions interesting just juxtaposition and tension that well and something becomes very dreamlike about the writing which is really kind of funny it's like there's a lot of very sexual statements in the poems that are like just kind of random and the book might not actually be explicit at all but when you put random words together it becomes sort of like weirdly explicit or sort of like surreal and that's obviously not what most authors intend when they're writing a linear book there's also like Spanish textbooks. Like I, I, it was really, the kinds of books I got were really kind of all over the place, which was interesting. I destroyed a book about libraries, which was really weird. I felt really bad about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like about the, the sanctity of books and like keeping, <laughs> so bad about it. It's a beautiful book too, but um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And then for the fronts, uh, you said you did a transfer. It looked like photographic. Was it like a photographic transfer? <clears throat> yeah, there's Xerox transfers. Um, and basically, those are pretty simple. You just need acrylic paint and a Xerox image. And you combine them and let them sit for 24 hours. And then you wash it off. And I think I also was using Galkid to kind of stain the image and make it kind of feel like a painting also. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So if someone is interested in doing the fun of day this year, how do they how do they contact Draft about that? Um, so you can contact us um, on our uh, email. That's the best way. And it's a graftgallery at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions about it. And um, follow us on Facebook also. We'll be posting a lot about that and about um, drop-off dates and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we're happy to answer any questions. Also, I realized that I didn't mention all of the other members of Graft, and I feel bad for not mentioning that at the beginning of the podcast, but Graft is composed of myself and Cecilia McKinnon, Jessica Chow, Beth Hansen, and Danny Crouch. Um, awesome. And uh, Cece has a show right now, doesn't she? Oh my gosh. Cecilia has a beautiful show up at the Santa Tortilla factory. It's really cool. Um, there's this illegal dump site in Los Lunas, and she and Lance McGoldrick um, did a collaborative body of work around this site where they were hauling trash from the site into the gallery space and making different assemblies from those objects. And it's a really beautiful show. Highly recommend checking it out. It's at the Sanitary Tortilla Factory, and the opening was last night, but they will have open hours, so definitely check it out. I'm really proud of them. It's a beautiful show. 
That's awesome. That's great. And then um, do any of the other members have any any shows coming up? Um, so let's see. Jessica Chow is going to be at a show at the National Hispanic Cultural Center really soon, which is exciting. And I don't know the dates on that show, but um, definitely stay tuned because that's going to be a great show also. Awesome. Danny's kind of working full time in the film industry, so I'm not sure what he has going on because uh, I don't get to see him as often as I'd like to. And Beth is doing a lot of stuff with basement films and doing stuff with Litter Brain. All of us are musicians, which is kind of a funny thing because we don't really book any music in our space, but it's an interesting overlap because other than that, our practices are really different. Um, so yeah, Litter Brain is, is the band that Beth is in. It's great. And I don't know, I don't know if she has any art shows coming up. Um, and I also don't know if uh, Litter Brain is playing anytime soon, but they're great. Check them out. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend anyone listening to this podcast, go check out Graft or any of I've seen, I think, all of the all of your collective members work, and and they're they're all doing really interesting stuff. Although I have not seen Litter Brain, but I would like to because that's a great name. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're great. They're fun. They're um, punk music. They're really wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, and I should also say we're we have a really wonderful community of spaces surrounding Graft, so we're really fortunate to share a wall with the Small Engine Gallery, and I don't know what they have upcoming. Um, but they're really cool. And we often try to coordinate events with them so that we're both open at the same time. And that is run by Luke Hussick and Bradford Thomas Erickson. And then in the parking lot across from our studio space, which is Alpaca and almost disappears in the building. It's funny, that's where I'm at right now. You would never know it's here, but it's huge. <laughs> um, next to that is the Tannix, which is run by a really prolific performer and artist, uh, Maria Aaron Jones. She's amazing. And the Tannix is a really cool space, so definitely check out performances there. And then um, Rocky Norton is opening a space tonight called Genius, like Genie Us. And um, the the opening is tonight of the whole space, the inaugural opening. So I'm looking forward to see what comes out of there. And he also does uh, art shows out of his studio sometimes as well. So we have a really cool block of artists all doing really interesting stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like the... The art community right there is blowing up. That's that's really great to hear. Yeah, we have a show coming up. Let me go to the Graph website so I don't mess anything up. Oh gosh, I accidentally went to graft.com, which is like a <laughs> media marketing website. <laughs> graftgallery.com. So if you find yourself at graft.com and you're like, who are these men with this camera and this RV <laughs> rental? You're at the wrong website. you got to add gallery to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we don't have an event for it right now but there is going to be a video installation by um an artist amanda denae and her collaborator oh my goodness i'm spacing his name right now which is why i was on the website (laughs) so sorry i'm gonna remember it as soon as i hang up but um they're doing a really amazing immersive video installation and that's going to be our show for january it's going to be first friday in january so definitely come check out that if you're around that and fun a day i'm trying to think of anything else i did the natural national natural history museum drawing jam that's going to be cool and shoot us an email if you have any questions or you want to uh propose something or yeah stay in touch Cool. That's awesome. And it's a uh, graph gallery at gmail.com. Yeah. Right? Okay, great. And if you have any questions for the podcast, you can contact us at creativity speaks podcast at gmail.com. Our website is creativity speaks.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook. 
Creativity Speaks podcast um, on there. So, well, you know, thank you so much for talking with me today about everything that's going on. It sounds like some really exciting stuff. And I hope everyone who's in or around Albuquerque gets to check it out. Thank you, Vave, so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for thinking of us. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to have like the whole gang on. Sometime. Yeah, totally. Let's bring it because yeah, it's a totally different story when you get everyone on all of our different backgrounds <laughs> and all of our banters. We just got matching tattoos. That's pretty cool. Wow, yeah. that is that's awesome. That's that's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Talk to you soon. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. So head on over to creativity-speaks.com and click donate to make a one-time or sustaining donation today. Thank you for your support. See when a nigga in the mood, he start moving up at a faster pace. I lyrically assassinate all of you niggas. I'm on my grind, so I devastate rappers' careers. I leave them in tears. I'll show you who the greatest this year. I'm making it clear my style is the greatest, like Tyson. I leave you niggas froze like Papa died from Eight Mile. I bet y'all never fucked with a nigga that's wild, you clown. I'll make you niggas drop to your knees and bow down.